0: Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening.
1: Everybody stay calm. <laughs> it's, time, it's, time, it's time. It's time. You need to say goodbye. Help. I need somebody. <laughs> don't ask me a question. If you don't want to hear what my answer is, I'm going to answer it. Not just
0: anybody. You know I need someone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's that time again. Shock Therapy! Oh my goodness! Happening right now. Wow! Hello, John Wesley Crockett What an
1: honor. What an honor to be a part of Vent Lab with Nathan and Bex. Man. Shock Therapy for the month of March already, and I can't believe that, just driving here, thinking about already for 2020, Mm -hmm. all that we've been experiencing, and just a big shout out to all of our listeners Following, trekking along, and just displaying such an engagement with questions and feedback—hey, we can't do this without you. And we're just wanted to say a big shout out to you. So, thank you, listeners, for continuing to follow along on Ventlab Shock Therapy Live. Amen. Wow. <laughs> let it be. Yeah, yes, let it be. So be it. So be it. That's yeah,
0: true, though. Hi,
1: Rebecca. Hi. Rebecca's here. Hi. She's I'm tired. Here. <laughs> She, she didn't get to hold any cats today or pet any dogs. I don't even think he had to pet Elvis. Like,
2: I said goodbye to her like, when I left. I was wow. like, I love you, buddy. Have a good day. Did he whimper? Enjoy sleeping <laughs> all day.
0: <laughs> do you even love your dog? Wow. Jeez. I mean,
2: Wait, what? Of course I love my dog.
0: All right. You're just not spending a whole lot of time with Explain him Explain
1: well. the haircut. I'm kidding. That was nothing oh. to do with you. You don't even need to, to get into that you. again. <laughs> I've got a lot of feedback about that. Like, they were looking at
2: me like, what did I do wrong? And I was like,
1: I didn't do it. I just dropped him off with instructions. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you
2: have no idea what's going on, my dog got shaved by a groomer who did a terrible job. My dog is a sheepdog and should not be shaved. Anyway... Um. They seem to not really care about it, so we're going to a different groomer really, next time. I'm really,
1: really sorry to bring that up. <laughs> I <laughs> apologize, Rebecca. This is, is just shock <laughs> therapy. So
2: <laughs> we already found a new groomer who is also a listener. So hey, cool. Cool. thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So we got a lot of questions. We actually have a lot of questions. We do. Like, not sure if we're going to get through all of them today. We're going to strive. We're, we're gonna, gonna. We're gonna try, go but we're not going to rush through any questions because nope. each one needs adequate time. Yeah. And, and explanation. So. But
1: Nathan, no one's asked you, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. You woke sound chipper. A, woke up a
2: little bit early this morning, <laughs> so I'm a little oh. tired.
1: What is early for you? It when was 7.46 days. today. Oh, 46? 7.46, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes.
2: Because you were supposed to get up what? at 7, no. and then you <laughs> had yeah. your several alarms set, and 7.30 <laughs> was supposed <laughs> to be the last one, and then you laid there till 7.46 <laughs> before you finally got up.
0: You couldn't be further from the truth. Ouch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My
0: wake-up time is 8 a.m. Oh. My alarms hadn't gone off yet. Alarm, by the you, way. I only have one. I'm reformed. No more <laughs> reformed. T- No more 12 <laughs> alarm mornings. It's Hashtag one alarm progress. at 8 a.m. This is my, my normal wake-up time. Still early as heck. And uh, this morning Clay came in and he said, hey, I'm waking you up early. And I said, like,
2: <laughs> oh, why? And he was like,
0: because you stayed up late the other day and this is your payback. And oh, I was like, man. I Thanks, don't agree. John. I don't agree with your methods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... I'm less likely to stay up past my bedtime now. Yes, I am 23, and yes, I do have a bedtime <laughs> and a wake up time, and somebody who keeps me accountable that isn't my father. Good habits yeah. create good uh, p- people. Cool. Slap, the, <laughs> slap the copyright on there. I just came <laughs> up with the that. The copyright. Uh, Your own trademark. Yep. Oh,
1: my goodness. <laughs> good habits equal good
0: people, make good habits. In fact, actually, that might be some good advice for some of the questions we so. got today.
1: Yeah, in fact, this first question comes from a listener dealing with some things from family and friends and coworkers. In fact, this question from this listener said, "Hey, I've been listening. I got a question regarding practicing patience, practicing grace with a lot of frustrating family members and friends and coworkers. So
0: Basically everybody. Uh,
1: basically, everybody in <laughs> their chicken that's showing up at this person's doorstep or at the office struggling hey first of all you are not alone yeah (laughs) people are frustrating man i hear
2: you sister or brother
1: (laughs) you know i the other day i was at a coffee shop and as i walked my way out of the coffee shop i got yelled at by the third step by someone in the street saying hey hey man i don't know what's going on but obviously and clearly they were frustrated from somebody who encountered their world and they decided they wanted to talk to me about it I don't know where that came from, but here's the thing. You're dealing with this on a daily basis, not just some random moment. And the best way to approach this is, well, number one, uh, these people are your closest people. So we get that those who are closest to us sometimes will say and act and respond in ways that don't necessarily speak our language. But what you're asking is, you know, how can I actually approach this in a way that helps break down some of those balls and some of those barriers? Rebecca, how would you approach that? Uh, regarding family and friends and coworkers?
2: When it comes to family, I try to stay away from the drama. Okay. Like, okay, let's stick with the facts. (laughs) Don't let somebody call you and, like, complain about another family member. Like, just, that's drama. Just try to stay away from that. Um, When I'm doing a good job at dealing with people that are annoying or have wronged me, um, then I try to kill it with kindness Mm -hmm. like I I try to just be really nice to them and remember that maybe they're going through something that I don't realize that they're going through and so I'm going to Mm -hmm. be kind to them in that situation because it probably has nothing to do with me there it is but sometimes I do a bad job at that also I love the show The Office so Mm -hmm. it really helps (laughs) if I pretend Like, people at work are the people from the show, The mm-hmm. Office, and I actually, like, decide who's who, and then it makes a, l- a little bit more entertaining for me during it's the It's like
1: role-playing. It's like lessening the effect of someone's Yeah, and I think when somebody's
2: <laughs> being weird or a jerk, yeah. they're just being Dwight, and that's kind of funny.
1: It is funny. That's a really, I don't know, cognitive Maybe way of dealing with me it. me through. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you do what you gotta do. <laughs> what
1: about you, Nathan.
0: Uh I'm really bad at hand- <laughs> oh excuse me talking. I'm also really bad at handling frustrating people. Um I I I tend to avoid people. Like like if it's somebody just in mm-hmm. the day to day, then I'll just try to avoid that person. But if they are frustrating, then I'll either like Rebecca said kill it with kindness yeah. or just try Basically, I convince myself that they're not actually being frustrated. Yeah. Or sometimes if if it's somebody who I'm really struggling with, yeah. I try to put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. and try to go, okay, wh- wh- surely they're not just a terrible person. Like surely they're just going through something. Yeah. And so I try to think of like, okay, maybe I should have some compassion on this person. Yeah. And instead of being frustrated at them. Then every time I have an encounter with them and they're walking away, I'm like, dang, must suck to be them. (laughs) Because (laughs) obviously something, you know, might just be frustrating them if it's something in their day to day, you know.
1: And I know we've talked about this before because you brought out a good point is that the reality is that when we all hurt, we typically lash out because of that internal hurt. And sometimes we don't realize that we're doing that. And I think what both of you have said is like, you kind of put yourself in their shoes. And I think if there was a verse from scripture that would apply Romans five, God displayed, God demonstrated, God showed his love toward us that while we were still in our sin, floundering in our sin, Christ died for us. So the hope is to look at that person with love and compassion. And be Like, okay, I may not understand everything you're communicating, and how it makes me feel. Maybe it makes you feel less than, but if you can look at it through the eyes of compassion, like, all right, I want to see my family member or my friend or my coworker get some success today or some victory you know we can be the change agent in their life and that's like that whole put yourself in their shoes kind of thing so if we can kind of you know rise above it that takes less pressure on you like did i do something wrong is there something wrong with me why are you angry and really it's just saying this person Mm -hmm. clearly has something they're internalizing and for whatever reason it's just lashing out at you
0: i think it makes it easy to be nice to them too like you can kind of kill two birds in one stone you can put yourself in their shoes and kill them at the same time with with <laughs> kindness, <laughs> kindness. I mean, yes, we
2: should not kill Full anybody. On. Don't kill anybody. With stones, kindness. birds or anything else. Yeah. Don't throw pigeons. That hurts. Right. Not that I would
0: know. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, anyway, <laughs> so you put yourself in their shoes, you feel bad for them or whatever, and then you'd be nice to them. And so it's kind of a, an all around thing, I feel like. It's a yeah. win-win for everybody.
1: When Rebecca and I were young married, I worked at this print shop in downtown Omaha. I worked there part-time, and there was a coworker there who knew I was a follower of Christ. And it wasn't like I wore it on my sleeve or like had a big badge about it, but we had conversations that really kind of went around church because my other job was working in the church part-time. And so it was like, what are you doing all day? And, you know, and like, he would have these like accusatory statements of what I'm doing or not doing. And finally I just realized there was a deeper issue there and the more I tried to befriend him and shatter those perceptions, it's like it established this friendship. And ultimately resulted where Rebecca and I got to take him and his girlfriend. This is around the time when the Passion of the Christ movie came out from Mel Gibson. I'm like, man, we should go to that and took care of their tab and, you know, we got food. We took them to
2: that. Remember that? I forgot. And then, and then your resi- sister went yeah. into labor that night. That we that had night. to leave them early mm. at the movie. We had like we peace. Left, we got to go. We left them alone <laughs> at so Passion sad. of the Christ. <laughs>
0: I think if you yeah, were to leave them alone with any 80. movie,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a solid one. <laughs> it was, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he stopped talking to me after that, and that was not a good thing. No, I'm kidding. He really didn't stop talking, but again, I think there's just ways to again approach people when realizing they're deeply hurting from something, mm-hmm. and they're for whatever reason they're. It's a weird way of confiding in you, but there's a way that you can use that to leverage to rise above it. Yeah, it's a hard
0: thing to do, though. Yeah. Like, way easier said than done. Totally, for sure.
1: Yeah, because it's hard not to feel personally attacked yeah. or offended.
0: Yeah, you have to totally, in some in some instances, you have to totally just turn around yeah. your total view on the the situation.
1: Yeah, and what start asking said. like questions like, hey, can I ask you, did something happen recently? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you going through something? And they don't have to give you an answer, but at least you're asking in a way that helps dismantle some of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Rebecca's really good at doing that too.
0: Just like, asking questions? Just
1: asking questions, and they're like, really question me you know, like just get after it. no
2: I remember things okay. that people say from like their past just like I catalog it away as people are telling me stories and so if I want to connect with somebody then I'll be like hey you mentioned a couple weeks ago that your grandma wasn't feeling well yeah. how's she doing now like yeah. I'm I just remember stuff like that and so I bring that up and that makes them know that I do care about them and that I'm listening to them and usually that helps like build a bond or a relationship there mm-hmm.
1: That's really good. I love that. That's a really great question. Thank you, listener, for submitting that question. So another question leads into church world, like church life and just processing. So listen to this. This listener uh, texted and said, I was baptized at an early age. I didn't grow up in church, but recently I've wanted to learn more about God. Do you think I'm quote unquote saved? Man, what a real question. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's like getting into the nitty gritty of like, salvation and baptism and following Christ and being a part of a church. So in that question, first of all, many of us enter the doors of a church and then we leave, right? So this listener is saying I was baptized early on um, but didn't grow up in church. And I could see how that would be conflicting as far as do I really know that I know God or not? And why do I have this recent desire? Well, here's the thing. Scripture teaches us that all of us fall short of the glory of God because of our sin, Um, So that's the first thing to pinpoint, not I was baptized, so I must be saved. Well, actually, baptism is a follow-up to knowing Christ first. So it's Jesus first and then baptism. And Jesus gave us this model, Matthew 28. In the Gospel of Matthew 28, verse 19, he says "I go into all the world uh, teaching the Scriptures and discipling and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what he was saying is they encounter Christ first, and then because of that profession of faith, they follow in baptism as a symbol so, listener, I want to encourage you that if you're wrestling with, I was baptized early on, but I really don't know where I stand, regardless of how many times we ever enter the doors of a church or how many times we've ever read scripture, if we don't know for sure that we saved, I've always talked about this in ministry the last 15 years of just meeting people where they're at, the biggest thing instead of just going, I think I've done that, is actually take that step of faith and say, I now know that I know Christ personally. I know that I'm saved. And so, We've, we've seen people throughout ministry, Rebecca, Nathan, I'm sure you have too, or someone be like, yeah, I think I know the Lord. But then they have like the defining moment of like, I never knew him personally. I knew about mm-hmm. him. Uh, I went to church as just trying to figure out how to be a better person. You know, all those things are good things, but it never leaves that question answered of do I really know? And so uh, Romans 2 in scripture talks about that the kindness and the forbearance of God, his patience with us, his kindness leads us to repentance. That means to turn from sin and turn to Christ. And that is, again, that, that mark of saying, I now know that I've turned from sin, turned to Christ. I'm, f- I'm forever saved. And then baptism would be another thing to say, now make that public. So it's like, but what, I've already been baptized. That's okay, because baptism doesn't save you. It's a symbol after someone surrenders to Christ. And so I love that question because it sets the tone for people not just saying, well, I go to church. I think I'm a good person. Uh, we we all will struggle or strive in that, but it's then saying, I have a story of surrender that I follow Christ or I'm growing in my knowledge and my love for God. Um, So just get back to some basics and be satisfied in that. It's totally okay to be asking that and wrestling with that because God's patience and loving kindness is for us to be able to nail that down and know that we know we're saved. So Mm. how would you guys approach that?
2: Same. I think you're good.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think I think you nailed the the, the hit the nail on
2: the head. I will
0: also add that there's there's no like uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to think of, but it's OK to double check kind of thing. Like, for instance, I was saved at a young age, but there's been at least two other times in my life where there, I've had a moment with God where I'm like, yeah. listen, I'm confident that I'm saved. But it's not something that I want to take a risk of. Yeah, and so it's just that reassurance, mm-hmm. um, renewing of the faith, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah. And so for me, for me, it's always been like a well, better safe than sorry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, worst case scenario, you prayed, you know, yeah, yeah. and you're already saved. Like, like it's a, yeah. it's a it's a, a win win. There's no loss in that.
1: There's no loss in that. It's a um, great point, Nathan. Yeah, in fact, that what that does. Even if you've prayed, let's say, that same prayer of saying, Jesus, I surrender to you, forgive me of my sin, ask you to come to my you – know, when you're, we're doing that, there's nothing wrong with praying it again. It's not like you're all of a sudden – it right. cancels out the first time, and yeah. now you know,
2: it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, but there's also no need to do that. Yeah, anymore. there isn't. You've already said that. Right, Correct. absolutely.
1: But uh, there's like that sense of like reassurance, like you were saying, like, man, I really know, and there's joy in that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's joy in knowing that for my eternity to be placed in the hands of God – that it had nothing to do with me as far as saving myself, but Jesus did that through the finished work of the cross. It's like, dude, that yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That gives such clarity. And we've known a friend in ministry who, a few years ago, who grew up in a ministry family. Dad was a pastor. He's like, yeah, I went through all the motions, went to church, you know, four or five times a week, all throughout student years and young adult years. But, like, there was this, like, defining moment, like, I didn't know the Lord. Like, I didn't know him personally. Mm. Like, I just followed the footsteps of others, but never came to a point of decision. And how exciting that was to witness his surrender and then his baptism. He's like, I don't know, I've already been baptized when I was younger, but, like, this time, like, it's, I I know it. Yeah. And there was such celebration in that. Like, dude, that was great.
0: Mm -hmm. Is it kind of, I know this is kind of getting off subject, but is it a common thing for, like, churches to require new members to be baptized in that church?
1: Some churches, um, yeah, they'll make that a requirement, but not... The ones, that churches that I um, would have connections with or close connections uh-huh. don't necessarily practice that or saying it has to be in their bylaws or their constitution, okay, but more of gotcha. like... There's a preference of saying, well, if you're going to become one of our church family, then mm-hmm. yes, we'd want you to follow through. And some even view not just baptism, but the other ordinance, which would be Lord's Supper. Like, we right. want to make sure that you're one of ours, so make sure you've been baptized with us, mm-hmm. and that you become a member in that, and therefore you can partake in right. the elements. Which makes sense in in the
0: sense of, like, baptism, like you said, it doesn't save you. It's yeah. just uh, showing to the public yeah. that you are saved. And so, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. you know, It's like, okay— let 's like this is you showing the rest of the church like hey i'm i 'm here i 'm for it i 'm yeah. with you, kind of thing yeah, yeah that makes sense but anyway that 's that 's off subject that when just-
1: someone gets baptized and Rebecca will tell me, "Wow, uh, you were pretty amped well again that 's a special moment that that person is publicly declaring that they 're unashamed of the gospel and mm-hmm. so there 's a verse I would share like romans one sixteen you know i 'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it 's the power of God that saves, which to, again displays the power and kindness of God. He did the saving. So standing there with someone in the water when they're going to be able to be submerged as a symbol and testimony of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, dude, like anybody who believes or anybody sitting in the room who doesn't believe yet, that God is using in their surrender story through baptism to display a life that's been changed. Mm -hmm. And baptism is a great picture of that.
2: I don't think I've ever said wow you were pretty amped. I think yeah, I've always was... been really no, encouraging no, to you. No, you're in always that really, way That's like, what I'm saying
1: like yeah, that's like... really
2: cool. You're like really celebratory <laughs> with them. I don't think I've ever been no. like wow,
1: settle it hey. down. No, you were like settle it down, but you were like, you're down, you're, you're like you were
2: totally I mean 90% of the time that. I do say you're a little bit <laughs> amped, but um, in that situation, I'm always like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, that had
1: no negative right. connotation to that. You were just saying Oh, I took it that way. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. That was not. Next question. (laughs) Thank you for that. Well, to go from something, you know, quote unquote saved, we go into uh, this listener uh, texted in super transparent, Uh, really appreciate the honesty because it's three words. This listener texted in, I feel hopeless. Um, Dang. That's, that's where rubber meets the road on faith, you know, our, our walk. Rebecca, how would you approach that when someone comes to you and says, I feel hopeless?
2: Um, I'm laughing because, like, the last week for me has really sucked, and so I can relate to this and, okay. like, that whole hopeless feeling, I mean, to be without hope. Um, But I would replace that word for me. It's, like, more of I'm without answers. Okay. You know, when when I'm feeling hopeless, it's because... I have an issue or I have issues, but I can't find answers to those issues. And so it's a really good approach. Um, it, it's really discouraging yeah. until you're able to find those answers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's continuing to seek and and look at different scenarios or different options to be able to get out of that hopeless feeling. And that's that's basically it. If you're feeling hopeless, you're probably stagnant in one mm-hmm. spot and you need to make a change in some way and or find solutions to what's causing you to feel so mm-hmm. hopeless.
1: Nathan, you've ever gone through periods of that where you're just like, I got no answer. <clears throat> yeah, I'm yeah, settled. I have And
0: And the thing that usually, you know, it gets gets me through whatever situation has me feeling hopeless is for one thing, the encouragement that I know mm-hmm. is that nobody is ever without hope because we have Christ and we find hope through that. Yeah. And so for me, it's always been, um, I think it's always been a a perspective change of me having to take a step back, kind of like with the whole, uh, you know, annoying coworkers or whatever, having to take a step Mm -hmm. back and saying, okay, what's, what are they going through and everything? What, how, why is that affecting me the way it is? It's kind of the same way in that I feel hopeless of like, okay, for one thing, I, I know I might feel that way. Yeah but I'm not hopeless. What is it that is making me feel hopeless and how can I find strength and encouragement through Christ and how he's going to get me through that. And then I focus on that. I don't, I don't focus on what's making me feel hopeless or the fact that I feel hopeless. I focus on how I'm going to get out of it. And it's always through God and whatever he's doing, even if it's something in the background that I can't see, it's that hope that gets me through the seasons of hopelessness. Yeah. And so I, for me personally, I, that's, I think for the most part, what's helped.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it's being reminded that I don't thrive in isolation and most people don't thrive in isolation. Some would prefer to be left alone. Like me. Okay. (laughs) I was waiting for it, but no, for me, I like, I needed to like have an action plan of talking through it because if I feel like I'm dormant or I don't communicate that makes me feel, you know, less without hope in my circumstance or situation. And just like both of you said, like the approach with answers or not having answers. Um, I'm always quick to want to just assume an answer, but when I don't have it, yeah, it it takes me down a path where I just get kind of quiet, pretty reserved and I'm Mm -hmm. a talker. Oh my gosh. Like anybody I talk to, I mean, I I just talk, but usually in those moments where I'm just super quiet I'm just trying to figure it out. And that's usually my, my go-to response is just trying to figure it out. And so I think surrounding yourself with people, uh, one, who have a like-minded approach, similar to what you shared, Nathan, is kind of that action plan of just, like, here's my perspective to it, and I know who's in control of my day-to-day and my future. And obviously it's leaning heavily on Christ. You know, Rebecca, with you know what you shared about just being able to, like, just critically think through and then find through that, you know, some objective answers to be able to, to move on. I think those are all really helpful. And I guess, listener, don't isolate yourself, but surround yourself with those who are going to build you up and uh, not make you question or doubt yourself, but just to say, well, what do you think you need to do next? And those are some really challenging questions, but when you can take it step by step and not try to figure it out all at once, it's going to help that process. So when you ever get into a rut again, you won't have to dip back so low into that hopeless feeling, but saying, okay, I may, I may be down, I may be hurting, but I'm not out of this. And so just try to encourage you with that today.
2: Monday I got up and I was just in a really rough place and thinking, like, you know, I just, I don't feel like doing this. Like, I just, I could not motivate myself to do anything, just going through the motions. And usually when I'm in a place like that, I try to surround myself with music. And um, there's this one preacher that I like to listen to. His name is Michael Todd with the Transformation Church. Yeah. And so I'll listen to one of his messages, and um, I was listening to something he was saying the other day, and he was talking about um, remembering, like remembering how far God's brought you. And, you know, when I think back to, you know, a long time ago where I used to be when, like, I was at the lowest point in my life and how far God's brought me, uh, it's a great reminder of, like, all that he's actually done and remembering, even Mm -hmm. though... I might not like the place that I'm in right now. Yeah. God's brought me through so much, and he's not going to leave me here. Yeah. But there's something that I'm going to learn while I'm here. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't it. This isn't the end of the road. There's more to come Love that in a that's, positive way.
1: Yeah, that's so deep because what you just shared, someone listening needed to hear that to know that they can identify with you, and you just gave them hope knowing it's going to get better kind of like that lady at Subway this last week when I was ordering Grace's Subway sandwich and she's like, you just missed my boss. I just got into it with my boss. And I was like, hi, (laughs) you know, like, how's your day? Obviously I didn't need to ask that question to know it wasn't going so well for this lady. Um, But, you know, in the course of about three minutes I got a pretty good pulse on where she was at and feeling like her job had no worth or value in her life. And in that split second I was like, hey, I want you to know that what you're doing does matter because you're trying to take care of yourself and whoever else is under your care. Uh, I just appreciate it. And they just looked at me like, eh? <laughs> you know, cause they were just such a, a, I walked into their world of frustration and whatever just blew up in their face. I'm just like, but you still matter. Even when you feel in this low moment.
2: Yeah. And those low moments, they just suck. But, yeah. um, you know, and I'm still just yeah. struggling through the mood right now, but um, you know, it is just continually working through it. And, taking that next step, no matter what it is, just taking that next step and having progress.
1: Yeah. That inspires me about you. Cause whenever I get to those moments, I see moments where you've overcome those obstacles. I'm like, yeah, Rebecca knows what she's doing. She knows how to get through this. And that always just gives me a great reminder to talk through those things. And you know, just the encouragement. It's huge. And stuff like this, this is, this is <laughs> dynamic. <laughs>
0: okay. Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> it's like, Hey guys, you see the look, no, they're I'm, giving okay. <laughs> each other now.
1: <laughs> uh, Nathan, it's shock
2: therapy live 816-787-1511 7, 7, i realized i was giving a look it was I'm awesome just like, there was yeah, some real eye moments. to eye i was looking at you like are you moving on to the next question i know <laughs> she was i'm just <laughs> That's like the only look i'm really... giving like i wasn't gonna be rude and be like why are you still looking yeah. at me like i was earlier before <laughs> we started this i'm sorry i have a I horrible attitude right no now.
1: you're awesome hey We're all just dealing with something. And my chair is making
2: fart noises and like, it's not me. Mm. That's why my chair just won't stop. (laughs) 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 Get back in my chair towards
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this listener uh, texted in. Hey, I'm overwhelmed with work, finances, family health concerns continue to plague my circumstance. How do you stay encouraged when things seem bleak? Wow. That's like every like aspect, quadrant of their life. Yeah, all three corners. Like three corners. That's... That's a unique approach. Yeah. Life is all about the three. <laughs> okay, there it is. First is. Yes. All right. Um, listener. I want you to know, uh, thank you for your transparency, because one of the toughest things to talk about with anybody, even its family, comes to how we're feeling health-wise, that there's like a serious medical condition, and then secondly is finances. Mm-hmm. You know, we we typically, go our go-to answer is, let me tell you about my work week, or my time, that seems to be like our go-to, because it seems a less depth, but- Getting into finances or you know, the fact that you're struggling medically, those are hard encounters because not everyone's going to have an answer that you're hoping to hear. And sometimes you just need someone to listen and not necessarily talk. You just need to get it out and try to figure out for yourself how to move forward. And I just want you to know uh, we're proud of you for texting that in um, because if you're taking steps in, in those areas of your life that seems to be building blocks of that next step that's going to increase – not just your situation, but giving you some depth with those. Um, we just encourage you to keep communicating and keep in touch and, you know, find, again, it goes back to the last question, surrounding yourself with people who have your best interests in mind. Um, finding those who can actively listen for your situation and hopefully from that provide some good clarity. You'll, I think you'll figure out pretty quick depending upon what you disclose and what you share about, you know, finances and, and health, all of those things. Um, just go to your go-to of the people that care deeply about you
2: community is so important in this situation uh specifically like your church family or you know just your family in general just having some sort of community that can surround you during this time and help you and um you know, I know in this situation, of the, the medical situation, yeah. it's a medical situation without answers. Yeah. It's searching for answers and trying to find why. And the question of why and not having those answers is so incredibly frustrating. And if it was just the medical without the answers, that would be enough. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's the medical without the answers and it's the finances. Yeah. And so, you know, it's putting a strain on the relationship, their marriage. It's putting yeah. a strain on... Um, their daily functioning life. Yeah. And in those situations, it's surrounding yourself with that community that can come alongside you and there help it you. It's the taking it one day at a time, one day at a time and celebrating yep. victories on that day. Yeah, um, It's making sacrifices to be there. It's being incredibly forgiving towards each other because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a husband and wife are both dealing with big things And you've just got to have grace for each other that you might not be representing yourself in the best light when you're in those situations. That's really good wisdom. Nathan,
1: any uh, follow-up approach with that?
0: No. I think you guys both nailed it on the head just one step at a time. Yeah. You know, take it an inch at a time or however far you you can go.
1: When we used to live in Omaha, our kids were younger, and I remember having the car payment due... Having some bills due, single-income family stresses, sickness, illnesses, travel—all those things were factors. And it was Rebecca like that whole like one step, one day approach mentality. Because I'm like thinking like all of these clouds of chaos, you know, resol- revolving oh, around. This oh. was my arm are hitting okay? the table.
2: I was not hitting the table okay. out of anger. Yeah. <laughs> the timing of that. Sorry, are you go okay? Ahead. Though I'm fine. Okay,
1: sure. And I just remember just feeling the like the weight of the big picture and you know, having Rebecca just as a reminder saying, Hey, one day at a time with all of this, we'll figure it out, you know, and then celebrating those successes when something gets paid off or paid down in a way that you didn't anticipate. Um, you know, and then there was just some really cool God things that just from like Rebecca said, the community aspect that people became aware of needs and not like we were like, wait, would you be able to do this? It was just saying, man, we're just trying to work and figure out some things. And it was almost like code that people are like, you have a financial need, don't you? And without even like talking about it, and all of a sudden randomly, a gift of like 20, $25 would come in the mail and would like pay for like Zacchaeus's, you know, Gerber food or whatever. And it's like, wait, what just happened?
2: We had there a was, close enough community because we had a really just awesome church community at yeah. the time that we didn't have to even voice our needs. They just knew when we they were just struggling. Yeah. And, um, I remember being on bed rest mm-hmm. with Grace and yeah. we had oh almost lost her several yeah. times. And so I couldn't even take care of our son who was like four years old at the time. And uh west was working two jobs and we weren't making ends meet. Like we had no food in the house. Yeah, you know it was like how are we going to make this work and he was working two jobs and going to school on top of it like it was an insane time and I remember feeling so buried and we had friends step in that actually took me to their house took care of me while I was on bed rest (laughs) and it took care of our child and made meals Meals. for us and fed us and then other times where like a check would show up in the mail and it was like It was like going from one island to the next. So sometimes you feel like you're just drowning in the ocean, but then you would make it to this island Mm -hmm. that would give you the strength to swim again to the next one. And it was like that over and over and over. And those are valuable times that I don't want to go through again, but have made me appreciate so much what we have now in
1: the church like you just said like the church family that community of believers like it is such an unstoppable force I know that sounds kind of funny to say that or hear that but like really people would just show up and we talk about through scripture like one way god displays his presence even in today uh is through the body of christ the church family and that's why it's so important to be a part of, of a community of, of believers and a faith because people taking care of you in ways that you just didn't expect or anticipate or, or even ask for it's like they just they just know and so just encourage you listener just to if you found yourself in a rut relationally maybe just reach out and there's nothing wrong nothing to be ashamed about for asking for help or at least saying here's my need Um, yeah we just thank you for texting in and hopefully we can be a support through that and encouragement through that as you continue to just trek along so all right, this next question uh, it's it's a pretty big one and I really appreciate again how they're approaching it with uh, Shock Therapy Live as this listener texted in and said struggling with alcoholism and possibly spouse leaving um their spouse may be leaving them for it dealing with addictions substance abuse all these things are very real needs regardless if you're a believer or a non-believer these are very real moments that affect families and i think each of us could all all of us listening whether it's the three of us talking have all been affected by someone dealing with a deep-seated struggle with addiction and specifically alcoholism um Nathan, how would you approach this question and just how to give this person this listener some encouragement yes. as they kind of trek ahead, whether it be with a you know um, their eyes fixed on God through it or just trying to get help how would How would you encourage this person um
2: Nathan, do That's you feel really on the question. spot right now? A
1: little bit. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's delicate. Can
2: I jump in and yeah. say something yeah. while you're yeah, thinking yeah. about it? I don't mean to, to step on your toes there. Um, one, this person says that they are an alcoholic. And so I think that is you making steps already, Already. because there's so many people who are alcoholics that don't realize that they're alcoholics. And so if you already recognize that you're an alcoholic, you can recognize that you have a problem Mm -hmm. and take those steps to getting help. And that's another huge hurdle to get over is to reach out and get help, but Um, it's going to be a billion times harder to do this alone than to do this with somebody else. And I have plenty of friends who have dealt with alcoholism Mm -hmm. who are part of an AA group. And they say that that has changed their lives to have, like we talked about earlier, a community, but a community of people to walk alongside of you who know what you're going through, who can relate to the things that you're going through and uh, to get on top of that. And the other thing is to communicate with your spouse. Hey, Hey, I recognize that I have a problem and I recognize yeah. that I may have hurt mm. you in a lot of different ways. And, you know, just fess up to that and, and tell them the ways that, that you hurt them and that you're apologizing for that. And that you would like to take steps to work through this and hoping that they can have their support. But I mean, they may walk yeah. away from you still that it still may be the end of that. But you have to make the effort to to try and, and hang on to that and yeah. as you work through that. Mm-hmm.
0: I think an important thing to know um, is that you're not going to suddenly not be an alcoholic. I mean, you could be. Yeah. It's possible, sure. But odds are you're not going to be like one day, oh, shoot, I'm an alcoholic, and then the next day not be an alcoholic anymore. Yeah. Like, it's a process. Yep.
1: Sure and it's it a hard
0: process. Yeah. And through the process, there are going to be little things that pop up that you didn't realize were problems contributing to the bigger mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to suddenly like, be like, oh, okay, now I have to figure out how to get this problem. And it's through those times I recommend, and I think it's very important to have an accountability partner. That's great. That's right. Really um, even, by the way, even if you don't have an addiction, I think it's, yeah. it's a very good thing to have an accountability partner yeah. um, for day to day things, have an accountability partner so that you can wake up. At 8 a.m. or 746. Explain <laughs> like
2: what an accountability partner is because yeah. it's not like just this buddy that you have called an accountability partner. Right. What, does it, what purpose does this person serve?
0: An accountability partner is somebody who knows you as well as you may know yourself, maybe better. And possibly an accountability partner knows things about you that maybe your spouse doesn't know about. Yeah. it's It's somebody who you walk with day in and day out.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: anything that comes up, whatever it is, like they know about it. You should meet regularly and just talk about yeah. your processes in life. That's good. And for really. this instance, with alcoholism, whenever you're meeting with that accountability partner or with an AA group or whatever, bec being totally transparent with this person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard because with alcoholism or with any other addiction, the the idea and the practice of hiding things yeah is a thing and you don't realize it and so you might tell little half truths but yeah. you don't tell them about that instance you know of like oh yeah you know I I had, I did really well in this instance in this instance but in the back of your mind it's like yeah but you also had that instance yeah you know and so being totally transparent um in the in the AA group or with an accountability partner or whatever it is those are the little steps. That are gonna make the biggest difference, and it's a day to day, a week to week, a month to month, year to yeah. year process. Um, and and that accountability partner, if if they're a good one, and by the way, you can have multiple accountability partners. Yeah, recommended have multiple accountability partners. Um, but they will also be there to help you see these little things that are problems that are contributing that you yeah. didn't realize. You That's know, because great. there could be. You know, six months down the road, you're like, I'm doing really well, except for I keep having, you know, every time I drive down, every time I, I'm on my way home from work or whatever, you know, and, and it's just next thing I know, I'm pulling into the parking lot of, of the bar or whatever. And you might think in your head, it's impossible, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, like I just have right. to I just have to somehow overnight. Build this self discipline and this and, integrity to right. just, eh, no, I'm not going to do it today and right. like muscle through it. Freaking news flash, you can't. Yeah. But the accountability partner might be like, that's great. All right, well, call me yep. while you're on your way home from work. And th- you call them, and suddenly you're not suddenly pulling into the parking lot, suddenly you're pulling into your driveway. And it's it's this day in and day out. Maybe there's a different way from home. Maybe it takes five extra minutes. Yeah. But that's five extra minutes of every day. That's making a huge difference. Yep. You know, that's adding years on your life. That's great. And so, um, with the alcoholism, th- that's something that in this, in this uh, question, I see that as being the overarching problem. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, I don't know this person and I don't know their situation and I won't pretend to, but I would imagine that with the wife potentially leaving, alcoholism has a big factor in that. Whether she knows it or whether you acknowledge it, it, you know, it's just one of those things. If you weren't an alcoholic, if it wasn't something you struggled with, then you could be focused Mm -hmm. on building your marriage. You could, you could notice the little things that you're letting slide by in your relationship that, have contributed over time into this, this relational problem that you're having. And so uh, for me, whenever I look at that, that's, that's the overarching problem. That's, that's the big one. Yeah. That's priority number one, because you know, hopefully everything else will kind of fall in order with that.
1: Yeah. And there's a huge piece of that where you talked about, you know, just taking responsibility for your actions, your attitude. And anytime, like you said, dealing with substance abuse or just, being addicted to something and obviously affecting your spouse. And for this listener, obviously it's threatening them departing their home life. Um, you know, is coming to grips with, you know, taking responsibility, but also a, a confessional spirit that says, you know, I can't do this alone. And I really, mm-hmm. I, I recognize you've been there for me when I didn't even recognize it. And being able to admit those things and taking the necessary steps, of not just being reconciled, but following what honors them to get you out of your addiction, but also that's restoring your marriage. You know, it's, it's building a framework for better communication, uh, better understanding more expectations on both, both sides uh, for husband and wife to be able to communicate in a way that sees the action plan being displayed. And so, Nathan, you bringing up that accountability piece is a, is a big part because it's another layer that's meant to help growth and, Mm -hmm. you know, improvement in a person's life that brings value and a reminder of the relationships they're in. And so, um, man, those are big things to tackle on. And I really like each of your approach with it, just to be able to address, you know, caring for both persons involved and knowing that you can come out of this addiction. It's just going to take time, but also that communication and that support And being willing to lay down your pride and to say, okay, I can do this with help Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So,
2: Um, one person, or one thing I would say that, in my opinion, that differed a little bit from what Nathan said was when he was talking about accountability partners. Um, Mm -hmm. He was saying that he sometimes has more than one which I think is great if you can have more than one. So I'm not saying I completely disagree with him. I think no. that's great if you can have more than one, but I see it as a friend that you can completely confide and trust in. And I had a really, really hard time finding one person that I could completely trust and confide in. I don't feel like that person has to know you better than anybody else, but that ha- that person has to be able to be trusted yeah. mm. that you're not afraid to share anything with them because the more they know, the more you're able to share, the more that they're able to help you. Yeah. And yeah. So somebody, you can be completely honest and transparent. And I would say just me being a pastor's wife makes it really, really difficult to find that one person that I can completely confide in.
0: Yeah, that's true. And it's also not like, like your accountability partner might not be your best friend because there's valid point there. Like some people just aren't good accountability partners. You know, there there are some people who are really good at keeping people accountable, and there are some people who are like, I'd rather not, you know. And so, it it is really hard for for people to find that accountability partner because, like you said, it's got to be somebody who you can trust in and confide in, and and it's also got to be somebody who's willing to walk through the the failures with you, you know. Because it, it's, 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 it's a, it's basically somebody offering to walk the walk with you, Yeah. you know? And so like, it's, it's hard on you. It's, it'll be hard on the, on the person who's going through the, the addiction, but it's also hard on the person who's walking with them because they're seeing their friend walk through it firsthand, you know? And so. Uh, it's it's finding an accountability partner is something that shouldn't be taken lightly and there might be a few people that you find out you know you might you might ask them if they'll be your accountability partner and it might be a month or three later yeah and you're like wait we haven't done anything like like there's no accountability here nothing's changed and so you know pastors make good accountability partners <laughs> i mean I, I mean like honestly if there's a goal for that yes right for sure <laughs> right but but like it is it's somebody who can talk to yeah and 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 be confident yeah in the advice that they're going to give you and yeah. be confident in the confidentiality yep of what you tell them and unless you know you're just really good friends with the pastor, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a pastor be your accountability partner, but definitely somebody who you can yeah. talk with and walk with and who will be should be willing to, to do that with you. Um,
1: and all the couples that I've, over the years, have done premarital counseling to their wedding ceremony, those things, uh, there's a verse that we typically uh, talk through and that is, you know, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And what that simply means, it's sacrificial. There's this this deep-seated love that goes beyond the husband's needs but says it's putting their, their spouse first in that way. And that could be putting their spouse first through their own personal struggles, whether it be, you know, an addiction or maybe spending or whatever it might be, whatever consumption there might be, but coming to a place of being able to say, I was at fault and therefore, to display my sacrifice of my struggle, I want to uphold my wife. And so I will do what I can to, one, honor the Lord and then honor my spouse. Mm-hmm. So getting back to a point when those things happen in marriages, when there's challenges and battles, going back to verses that give a clear reminder that you can do this. Like, you can rise above this. It's going to take time. It's difficult, but you can. Like, there, there's hope for your situation and circumstance, and, it, and it's based on Scripture in that way. And it's just going to take time to develop that trust again. Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't mean to elongate this even more, but I just want to make sure that people know um, when you're when you have an accountability partner, same sex. Nathan yeah. may be my best friend, but uh, yeah. my accountability partner is not him.
0: I'm not telling you squat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we may vent to each other, but I will never complain about my husband to him. And I do have somebody specifically that I complain about my husband mm-hmm. to because there's a lot Wait, of what? complaining. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm I just mean... kidding. Yeah. Wow. I'm just kidding. But if an issue does arise, yeah. then um, yeah, I do have somebody. That is a female that I can talk to,
1: yeah that and that goes for me as well. There's no female that I'm getting together with as an accountability partner that that wouldn't be appropriate. that puts both persons in an awkward you know circumstance, and you know you want to lessen the perceptions of those, but ultimately, regardless, the whole system of accountability is meant to help people thrive, <coughs> yeah, not beat them down or make them feel awful about themselves. And one being a recipient of and of accountability partner, and two and being the one who's hopefully leading and guiding that person. It's looking through a lens of grace, mercy, and trust, and those three things when they work in tandem, man, great things happen. Um, especially when you're doing, the, you know, you're striving those things before the Lord. Uh, when you're putting Him first in that, and you're striving in those things, man, great victories and successes take place. Again, takes time but gosh, you're worth it. You're worth the fight and fighting for in that way and seeing God get the glory. Yeah, I could talk about that for the Good whole Good stuff, hour. man, no kidding. Well, that's going to lead into this one because on the flip side of all that we just shared, this listener texted in these four words. I feel dead inside. I feel dead inside. And it's not even a Monday. <laughs> like that typically seems to be the response. Like, oh, it's a Monday where it's like, Our kids will like Snapchat us and be like, I'm dead. And I'm like, haha, yeah. I have no idea what they're talking about.
2: (laughs) I don't know what what? that means. That's what, (laughs) honey, we got to go. They say that when they think something's really funny. Okay, now it's not a bad thing. You're
1: right, but I felt, I mean, the first time I got a text from Grace, I'm dead. Wait, what? What's going on? What ailment do you have? What symptoms of sickness? She's like, no, this is funny, dad. Oh, wow. Parenting fail. (laughs) Um, Man, listener, I, I think, um, well, first of all, yeah, don't feel alone in that. Um, we each go through seasons. Um, Rebecca, I mean, you were really clear tonight. Just yeah, can I say this of,
2: goes right along with the other one of I feel hopeless. Yeah. I think I feel dead inside and I feel hopeless are, are along the same lines. Kind of
1: synonymous, if you yeah. will, kind of just addressing some of just those things. phrased differently. Yeah, it's not a joke. It's not meant to be funny like our kids would Snapchat us. <laughs> but reality is, is that um, – I would encourage you, if you have a copy of God's Word, which, by the way, listeners, if you're just like, man, I don't have a Bible, um, let us know. We will figure it out and get you the right resources, whether through a Bible app or actually a tangible Bible. Regardless, Old Testament, the Psalm, David wrote, King David, this guy was known for being in pursuit of God's own heart, but here's the thing, he was a sinner as well. Total Total sinner. Yes, God was redeeming him. God was restoring him. God was doing great things, but this man struggled. David struggled with so many different things. And so um, just know you're not alone in that. And you'll find out through the life of David uh, that he was feeling dead inside a lot of times. Look at the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah. He even wrote an entire book that's a part of scripture called Lamentations, where he just lamented, feeling sorry for himself. But then the grace and mercy of God met him where he was at, and God did what he would do and showed up. And so, listener, I want to encourage you, if you feel dead inside, just know it's going to get better. Just don't stay there. Reach out. And as you've just reached out through shock therapy, I hope this is going to be an encouragement for you.
2: And go back and listen to the other part we talked about for the person that <laughs> said they feel hopeless because the same advice there applies to the situation. Yeah,
1: it totally does, which you know what leads us into... I think our final question tonight. Yeah. Are we
2: going to make it? Are we all so. of these in?
1: This listener texted in and said, How do I handle a situation where a friend repeatedly says, Hey, we need to get together and like hang out, but then they never bring it back or around, they never circle around? And they never follow through actually getting together.
2: I feel like this, this one's easy. I feel Why? attacked
1: by this question. <laughs> Rebecca, did you? I feel guilty. That's no, what I feel. Is this I, you? I, I, I feel like I'm pointing the finger at myself.
2: I feel like this one's <laughs> just a really easy one to okay, handle. Okay, go for it. You make the plans and then text them or call them or email them or whatever or tell them in the hallway hey how about this date doing yeah. this how's that sound yeah. and then if they keep blowing you off then you know they don't want to actually know. hang out with you
1: yeah Yeah.
0: I, I definitely especially in college I had a lot of friends that were the yeah. hey let's get together yeah we do oh my oh, gosh man. bro we need to hang oh. out <laughs> and we never did a single time <laughs> and then it became a joke among us like we should hang out <laughs> right
1: yeah
0: and but we still we stayed friends that's good. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, this is one of those things. Never I'm, hung out,
2: but you were I mean, Hey, we're out. still friends, you know? Yeah.
1: Still haven't hung out. But I remember one time uh, I was getting acquainted with this uh, college ministry. This is before I met Rebecca. And uh, we were at this retreat center. And I'm trying to like, write notes of encouragement. And I'm like trying to just like.
2: It sounds like something you would do.
1: Write a note of encouragement. Yep. Okay, and are you talking about the note of encouragement I left you this morning?
2: Yes, I oh, did. Okay, cool. I left it on the counter, um, but I saw it.
1: I was writing like, Kevin, I just want you to know, dude, I appreciate this about you, and already I feel like you've made me a friend, thanks. And I signed it, and he lifted it. <laughs> when he got the note, he started laughing. I'm like, What's so funny? I'm like giving you props, dude. He's like, my name's not Kevin. <laughs> I was like, oh. What? Wait, what? And he's like, it's Eric. My name's Eric. You call me a friend? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so miserable. I mean, that was just like such an anomaly. But like I realized <laughs> I'm not a very good listener. Like I got to work on that. I really thought his name was Kevin. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, there was a student uh, from that same ministry. We'd be like, dude, let's go out and get a burger. Let's just go get something to eat. All- and for like four years, I never followed through. And to this day, he'll still at times randomly will text me and be like, we ever gonna go get that burger? I'm like, dang it, yeah, <laughs> I totally missed the mark on that. But he's you know, he's forgiven me and moved on, I think. But no, I think there's just something about why I don't know why that is.
2: There's an SNL skit that's called Say What You Wanna Say, where it gives all these different scenarios <laughs> where you say what you really want to say. And there's a, a guy and a girl that run into each other on the sidewalk and they're like, Hey, what's going on? I think they used to like go out or yeah. something and like exes. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, we should get together sometime. She's like, yeah, we'll do that. And then it goes to the, like, say what you want to say, like what she would really say in that moment. And she's like, you know what? Let's <laughs> not, Yeah, we're not friends. We're never going to be friends and we're never actually going to get together. Let's just go on our ways and continue with the life that we've been living. <laughs>
0: That being There's said, some truth to that, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this person could very well be their friend, uh,
2: <laughs> but they might not be. And, and so possible. you could reference what I said earlier. True. When I could. said you make the plans to do something, and yeah, if they yeah. keep blowing you off, they don't want to be your friend. Yeah.
1: Be intentional. i all get out. Yeah. Like give a time frame. Like here's what I'm thinking, and then stick to the time frame. Yeah.
0: Like I said, I am I am one of those people. That is 100% like, oh my gosh, we should get together, and then never do, never follow yeah. through. I don't text people. I don't call people. I'm the worst friend, honestly. The only reason I wow. have friends is because they contact me. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. We're uh, fighting
1: for you. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, man.
0: Um, But Clay yeah. Swanson, who woke me up this morning at 746.
1: <laughs> this is like a marker. Ah, <laughs> Clay.
0: <laughs> he was the type... Who would not give up. Yeah. Like, he would be like, hey, dude, let's we, we should hang out. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, where do you want to go? I'm like, ah, anywhere. He's like, all right, let's go. I'm like, oh, I can't do it right now. When can you go? <laughs> um, Thursday? Cool. What time? Five. <laughs> all right, Thursday at five, dude, I'll see you. You want to carpool or just drive separate? Oh, did not think about this.
1: You are you are acting this scenario to like a T. This is perfect. It's it's <laughs> freaking Clay, dude. And awesome.
0: you know, if you have to be that friend, be that friend. And by the way, through the years I I've realized that if I actually want to hang out with somebody, I have to be that friend yeah. because Clay is that friend to me. Yeah. And so you know, sometimes I even do that to Clay. Yeah. You know?
1: I hey. am I I have to identify being the slacker for a number of years serving in ministry full time with Darren Ray, who's pastor of uh, the Ridgeview campus for Blue Valley Baptist, he, he has been like that steady friend of like always showing up, even when it was unexpected, like there was no expectation. He would just show up with like encouragement or like when our kids would get sick, he would just randomly show up with like a care pack and like dude would exceed beyond, but set this example, never putting pressure on anyone to be like, hey, can you outperform? He would never do that. It was just like, that's just part of who he was mm-hmm. and how he grew in that. And that I've told him this number of times. I'm like, dude, like you continually remind me of how to like servant lead in those ways and mm-hmm. they're like tangible expressions. So I don't know. I think it's just taking some steps to becoming better at that as far as a recipient of following through as well as one who's initiating, but understanding that not everyone is gonna meet you where you're at and yeah. that's okay there's nothing wrong with you with that yeah <laughs> <say>. rebecca's go-to <laughs> you gotta be the friend
0: you want to have yeah
1: there's some you know there's some there's, yeah it's really good
0: be the change you want to see yeah be the friend you want to be something i don't know yeah you know there's something there i'll work there's on something it. there i'll work on it
1: less yelling You know? Less yelling? Less yelling at people. Uh, People? Do I yell at people? No, 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 not you. I'm not pointing at you.
2: Cool.
1: (laughs) We made it. We got through all seven questions. Can you believe that? That's awesome. You guys rock. Shock therapy.
0: Solid questions. Yeah, by the way. Really great
1: questions. And I want to, hey, as as a closing remark, I do get this a lot just being a pastor in ministry, but when someone says, hey, do you think I should go see a therapist? Um, If that person really thinks they're in a critical state where they might have shared something i want you to know you have no shame in getting professional help just know if you're in a a crisis situation and you're feeling less than there's nothing wrong with reaching out to another layer of getting of support and help even if you're connected to a church family even if you have a close group whatever it means just making sure you get to a, a safe and health place
2: I would say you don't even need to be in a crisis situation no you can just be alive and go see a therapist it can't hurt it cannot it hurt always helps yeah somebody thank you for that give it a try
1: give it a try encouragement notes help I know yeah. that
2: yeah.
1: I got an encouragement so note.
2: sweet <laughs> <laughs> you know, it also
1: helps
0: I think I hope texting in your questions comments concerns
1: yep. it's shock therapy yeah what's the qu- what's the what's the number nathan and bex it is the 816-787-1511 is the shock therapy live number and we are so grateful for everyone yep so if there's a question
0: if there's a question that hopped up in your head uh, while like you that. were listening hopped up
1: hopped up in your head up, that was good just up to um,
0: feel free to text it in. Totally anonymous. We didn't mention a gall dang name this whole <laughs> podcast and we never will. There it is. So yeah. speaking
2: of names, my name is Rebecca, not Bex. I we still like saying knew it. Was coming. Because it's and Fent Lab. And I'm just in a really <laughs> bad mood right now and Dear. it has nothing to I'm not fighting with anybody or anything. No, so just so you guys know, hopefully I'll be better on Friday. Probably not at this rate. Anyway, I apologize for my mood Jeez. today. But so here's the thing our Fire listeners on. are so
1: great. They're meeting you where you're at. Oh, <gasps> music's Ooh. almost over. Jeez, we still got a minute.
2: <laughs> Do we?
1: No, leave. You can leave. We're fine, Yeah, Get the heck out of here. I'll see you Friday. I already wrote an encouragement note right there. <laughs> I left it on your chair. Don't forget it.
0: Yeah, there she okay. goes. Okay. Well,
1: good we try, Nathan. We tried. High five. Okay. Good reasons. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, uh, Friday
0: we have live streams from the Vent Lab. Vent Lab. I'm trying to decide if we should call it Vent Lab Studios or just the Vent Lab. I like it all. I like it all.
1: I do like it. All right. Got a great strength and presence from listeners following, yeah. chiming fun. in live comments. Yes, it's, dude, it's it's great. fun to watch and to be able to comment and like them or just watch people interact. It's great.
0: All right. Show up to find
2: out what kind of mood I'm in.
0: (laughs) That's the Vent Lab Shock Therapy. I'm Nathan.
2: And I'm Rebecca. We out. Oh,
1: and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.